0: Today is the day you're going to find your chill in this wild, wild world. Number overthinking, self-doubt, or spiraling negative thoughts. We can't control all the variables in our lives, but at A Little Bit of Chill podcast, we can learn how we want to react to them. Chill is a vibe, a podcast full of inspiration, practical tools, fun, and a whole lot of laughs. Check us out, A Little Bit of Chill, the podcast. Join Callie and Will for A Little Bit of Chill, the podcast drops every Thursday.
1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast, and welcome to this week's installment of our annual summer series, Countdown to Camp, as today we'll be breaking down the Bears' backfield with the entire show focusing on the running backs. I'm Rose Littlewit, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett, and yes, we are here a little bit earlier in the week than normal, as we will be traveling to Bears 100 weekend, well... I guess I'm the one that's going to be driving up on our normal recording night, so you can thank me for the accelerated, accelerated week and the quicker turnaround on these podcasts. But guys, I want to let you know, and I was telling you right before the show, some of our first ever Chicago Audible shirts came in this week just in time for the event. I know I'm getting more excited. How about you?
2: Oh, absolutely. I can't wait until uh, mine comes in. It's supposed to, what, be here maybe tomorrow, Will? I sent you the tracking. It's on you from this point forward. <laughs> oh, I, def-
1: I definitely didn't click the link, so I just missed that. That's okay. You got business cards, so that's a step one. But I know that we have had some listeners of the show asking, are we going to get new gear? Oh, it's a new brand because of everything that happened in the middle of last December. That I'm not going to really get into the minutiae of right now. But just to show people here on YouTube, we do got a couple things. not for sale yet. Kind of just testing out a couple different designs. It has our microphone on the pocket. Pretty cool. I'm very excited to wear it. So if you see me wearing that shirt over the weekend, Chicago Audible, definitely say, hey, Nick, you're going to have yours on as well. Uh, Jordan Grimes he has a nice polo with like an embroidered patch of our logo on it, which is really neat. Uh, so who knows? Maybe we'll get a few of these up here before the regular season kind of kicks off if you're wanting to find a way to help support our podcast. We'll be talking about it once that happens. But baby steps, guys. Baby steps as we kind of venture way back from that fiasco of December. But alas, Brandon, are you excited? Because I talked you into going finally this weekend.
0: Yes, uh, I had some other things uh, that I was saving up for, but managed to finagle my budget around to be able to finally do this. So I- I'm looking forward to going as well.
1: Good, because we're going to have to revoke your Bears fan card if you didn't end up going. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to pull through. Me too. Now... We've been starting Countdown to Camp episodes by going through some Bears news of the week, and we recorded on Thursday evening. It's now Tuesday evening. I don't have too much here between these last you know, five days, guys. Uh, I have three things that we could discuss. Uh, number one, uh, Trubisky and his offensive line going to the White Sox game. Trubisky throwing out the first pitch. Uh, Outshowing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if you want to kind of go that route, I'm not really going to promote binge drinking on the podcast, though. So, especially with... <laughs> Uh, I know we have minors who listen to the show, but alas, uh, did you guys have any take on that? I know all three of us are also Sox fans, so I thought it was pretty cool to see like the two paths kind of cross for a night. Yeah, I thought
0: it was pretty cool, and I I don't know why it's becoming a thing for quarterbacks to start chugging because I noticed Patrick Mahomes was doing it as well in the Stanley Cup final game. Uh, so, again, I don't know if that I endorse that behavior. Well, I know I don't endorse that behavior either, but it's just really weird to see it, especially with a, a pivotal position in the league.
1: Nick, you're all for it, right? I mean,
2: hey, it's good to have some fun every once in a <laughs> while, right? That's what the week is No, I'm just kidding. But uh, speaking about the, uh, the Sox, I did just get a new Sox shirt, so I'm excited for that. But it was really cool to see Trubisky in the offensive line. They lined up, you know, protecting him throughout the f- that, the first pitch. So that was really cool to see. And, you know, now we know that Trubisky and company are Sox fans. Of course, they probably go to Cubs events as well. But being Sox fans, it was, it was cool to see.
1: It was, and it was kind of cool to see. Uh, normally when you see a, someone or even quarterbacks kind of throw out the first pitch, they do it solo. But the fact that Trubisky had his guys go on the mound with them, sharing that moment, that's pretty neat. It shows the camaraderie that they have on this offense, the tight-knit group uh, that we've been talking about growing as a culture over the past couple of seasons here at Hollis Hall. And it's just one of those small things that I think mean more than maybe just meets the eye. Uh, so for me, that was a really cool moment. But that wasn't the only cool moment over the weekend. Uh, Matt Nagy went back to Delaware, had the commencement speech, uh, a couple of big takeaways from there. I mean, obviously, he really hit hard in the BU uh, kind of, you know, mantra that he's been
0: Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's
1: protect it. Having ever since he came here to Chicago, uh, he had a few extra things, but the one that I tweeted about and the one I really liked is he's going to name a play this year called Ass Kicking Chicken. And I really hope that that is called week one or heck maybe he saves it up for a playoff game as well. But Nick, did you listen to the speech or anything? Uh, Any thoughts about that? Because I, geez, I mean, we all graduated from, you know, our respective alma maters uh, a few years ago. And I wish I had someone like Nagy out there leading the charge for the commencement speech. Yeah,
2: just I did watch, and you know, Matt Nagy just knows how to speak and be a leader amongst people, and you just hear that in his speech. And he mentions a lot of good things. And the big focal point was just kind of going through adversity. He mentioned uh, the playoff game and his son, kind of bringing that up. Dad, did you call the plays? And yeah, he did. And then the next day, having the big interview with the Bears. So, and it all goes back to being you. If you you know just are true to yourself, that can kind of get you through those. those adversity moments in your life. So I thought that was really cool for Matt and Eggie. And I remember I did tweet about it, just saying the bears, it makes sense why the bears are, you know, relevant again, because they have a guy like that. Who's leading the charge. Who's the head coach of this team. So it just all makes sense, but it was really good speech. And, you know, I'm just proud that he is the, the head coach of the Chicago
1: bears. Absolutely. B did you catch that at all? If not, no big deal.
0: Uh, I did not, I just caught the ass kicking chicken part and thought it was really funny. So, uh, uh, other than that, I, I seen that there was some guy dressed up in the background as like a, a colonial soldier, which is cool and all. And I'm not trying to make fun of like the university or anything like that, but it's hard to take a. A commencement speech like that seriously when you don't know the background of the university. So I, I kind of took that as more humorous and didn't take it too serious, so I didn't watch it.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I honestly, number one, uh, my second takeaway of ass-kicking chicken, I'm, I just had to find ways to bring this up on the show over and over again, is that KFC with their finger looking good, that's not cutting it anymore. I think they need to talk to Nagy buy out <laughs> ass-kicking chicken because that would be definitely worth some marketing uh, points over there uh, for that chicken brand. Actually, any chicken brand can definitely take that up. Uh, last but not least, at least on my end, and I can hand it over to you guys, uh, the Bears' supposed leaked jersey. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods put out a couple of those Bears 100 jerseys, the uh, new alternate uniform, out on the shelves a little bit early. Uh, it's reminiscent of the 1936 jersey uh, with white jersey, multiple stripes, solid Navy numbers. Uh, I know. Us here on the show really aren't, I'm going to say uniform or jersey officiados or geeks or anything like that nature, but I'm just curious to your guys' general thoughts on it because our Jordan Grimes, who wrote an article about it and who's our graphic designer, like sometimes like to call him the man behind our brand, uh, really liked him. He actually had a very similar concept himself. I was curious to your guys' thoughts because we are going to see the jersey be unveiled Friday night, not Brandon because he's not showing up until Saturday, but regardless of that fact, Nick, what's your thoughts about that jersey? Yeah, I thought it looked good. Um, and
2: Jordan really did a good job with his uh, first concept that came out, you know, months and months in advance, pretty close to what the actual jersey uh, looks like. So kudos to Jordan on making that. But yeah, I like him. I don't know if I will get a jersey, uh, with that. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll get that one though. I really like the orange, and that's the one. If I had to go get a new jersey, that'd be the one I'd get. What player? <sighs> Man, putting me on the spot here. I think I like I, – Eddie Jackson would be a pretty dope jersey to get just because that's a guy just ascending, one of the best safeties in the league, and,
1: you know, he makes plays. All right. I, I mean, there's really no wrong answer at this point, which is awesome because three years ago you couldn't kinda... – pay me to buy a jersey for the bears honestly <laughs> uh it's amazing how the quick uh things change brandon uh, i don't think we need to hit too much on the jersey yet again do you have any general thoughts on it because for me like nick said it might not be one i buy i maybe i'll buy it and hang it up because you can have like that 100 jersey it would be kind of cool to keep but with like all the stripes on the shoulders and then again on the arms i don't think i'm gonna be rocking that by any means
0: uh no i don't think i will either but uh just like you guys, a uh, shout out to Jordan for being pretty dang close on his article, if that's what it actually is. So, so props to him for that one. I think I actually would get a more modern jersey with the hundred patch on it because the patch looks kind of cool. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, but I'm a fan of the the hundred patch myself rather than
1: the jersey. All right, enough jersey talk, guys. Any other news that I missed throughout the weekend? Not really. Not for me. I think you hit on everything there. Well, you can tell it's June, can't you? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. All right. Well. Let's get into what we're here for, and that's to talk about this year's running backs. And let's begin with the backs that are returning from a year ago, which there are only two of them. And I want to start with Ryan All because really, I don't think it's going to require much of a conversation. Nall joined the Bears last offseason as a non-drafted free agent from Oregon State. Uh, He found himself having a decent training camp, kind of turned our heads actually a bit as well. And he had a very productive preseason. He averaged 7.6 yards per carry last preseason, yet... He found himself on the outside looking in when it came to the final roster and didn't play a single snap in 2018. So with the Bears bringing in three new running backs this offseason, Null again, he's going to have his work cut out for him if he wants a shot at making this roster or even the practice squad. So, Nick, I would go over to you first. Uh, honestly, simple, simply put, uh, Ryan Null, what does he need to do to, or accomplish to really make this team uh, this year, despite the fact that the running back room is, at least in my mind, much more competitive?
2: Yeah, it is a lot more competitive there, Will. I think what Ryan Nall needs to really do is show his versatility because right now I'm just – I have pro football focus open. And they don't even have him listed as halfback. It's more so the fullback role. So – and now the Bears, they don't have Michael Burton anymore on this roster. That's when he really needs to show that he can be interchangeable at both positions, be fluid enough to be a running back, to run between the tackles, make people miss, get upfield, but also as a fullback to be able to lead block – for whoever the running back is. So that's what I think Ryan Nall needs to do to have any shot at making this team. I know a lot of fans want to see him play. They, they love to hear Ryan Nall put him in. Well, that's most likely not going to be the case this year because I think the, that Nagy finally has the running backs that he wants in the system. And I don't know if Ryan Nall is really the guy that's going to be uh, the one that makes his 53 man roster.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of talent here and, When you look at it, especially from the athleticism standpoint, he really doesn't stack up to the competition right now in that room. But he did bring up a good point about him showing some versatility because it was about a year ago when we were talking about him potentially having that hybrid role between fullback, running back, uh, being that new age kind of fullback that was our kind of idea on the podcast a year ago. But now we've been talking about that same role, but usually from the tight end perspective. So Brandon. Do you see Null having a shot at that fullback spot or that hybrid spot, or do you see that more than likely going towards a tight end and utilizing different tight ends in the backfield this year?
0: Uh, I think he'll get his fair shot at it, and I, I think he deserves it because uh, you brought up you know the average the seven yards per carry. Uh, so that's definitely worth keeping him around and, and shopping that option. Uh, but I think ultimately it'll go to a, a tight end, whether it's Ben Braunacker or, or Bradley Sowell. I mean, Braunacker not really going to run the ball and I don't think sowell will either, but they can, uh, I think do a better job of blocking out of the backfield, especially Saul. He's a big body. You got to really kind of dodge him if you want to get to a running back, uh, if you're a defender. So I, I like the other options that are there as of right now. And when I, when I organize my notes uh, for these, countdown to camp I go who's making it who's on the bubble slash practice squad and who's getting cut and Ryan all is the only one on my cut list for the running backs. so spoiler, spoiler alert, alert he's getting <laughs> <cut>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: beat you to it all right anything else on all Nick I don't think I need to hit on much more here from my end no I think that's about
2: all the talk that we should have on Ryan all he hasn't made a really big impact on his team you know does make an impact you know in training camp of preseason but that's about all we're probably going to hear from Ryan
1: all this season All right. Well, we have a lot more excitement when it comes to the running backs. And speaking of exciting players, let's talk Tariq Cohen. In his first season under Matt Nagy, Tariq Cohen saw his role expand in Chicago. He was able to capitalize on those opportunities as well. Not only did he see 30 more touches compared to his rookie season, but he was also more dangerous with the football. He averaged nearly two more yards per touch. He had a 5.2 as a rookie, and that jumped up in 2018 to 6.9 yards per touch. It's pretty funny because despite seeing a jump in every number across the board for Tariq Cohen, I still feel like he can take yet another step forward here in year three. So, guys, I'm curious. What are some of the ways that you can see Cohen continuing to get better in 2019 and become even a more dynamic playmaker this season? And Nick, I want to go to you first.
2: Yeah. So I think, especially going back to, you know, 2017 to 18, we saw obviously Tariq Cohen's usage go up and that's a good thing for the offense, but I think Matt Nagy just needs to keep putting him in different positions. He had 541 offensive snaps last season, three were at quarterback 352 were in the backfield. uh He had 108 in the slot and then 76 at wideout. So I think Matt Nagy just needs to keep doing what he's doing and just putting Tariq Cohen Everywhere, because that's going to make it more difficult on a defense to key in on a guy that I don't know if anyone was checked, checked my Twitter, but there was a play where Josh Bellamy has a 20 yard touchdown. Well, two defenders literally go to Tariq Cohen because he's running a little bubble route. He could be a decoy. He's a factor on every single play because you have to factor for him. So I think Matt Nagy just needs to keep finding ways to get Tariqo in the ball. And I think he can definitely expand his role in the running game. He only had 99 rushing attempts. I think that bumps up a little bit more this season, even though the Bears did draft David Montgomery. But I think...
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Temper pedic our first system that detects snoring. Then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
2: Matt Nagy's, you know, he just is getting. Uh, he it was like the 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 floor for what Tariq Cohen can do because you could just put him all over the field and it's usually a good thing for the offense.
1: Brandon, how about you? I don't think Tariq Cohen has many weaknesses to his game, but do you have any areas that you kind of envision him refining, being more fine-tuned and now in year three?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, he needs to focus more on the fundamentals. He had six fumbles last year. So that's something he can immediately work on and get better as holding on to that ball because there's times where we he see he's holding out there like a loaf of bread for someone to take. And I think that uh, I'm on board with both of you guys that I think that Tre Cohen can still explode to another, another level as far as productiveness goes. I think if I'm Matt Nagy, I am trying to focal make him the focal point of the offense, especially to start games. And if they take that away, then so what, then you have Alan Robinson, Trey Burton, David Montgomery, so many other weapons on this offense uh, that then the offense can be more balanced that way. But, and, until the defense shows that they can stop Tariq Cohen, I'm giving him the ball or finding a way to get him the ball as much as I can because there were times last year too, uh, I think back to the playoff game most notably, uh, and you know, some of it does come down to coaching and quarterback play where Tariq Cohen didn't really get the ball and was a non-factor in that one. Uh, so Matt Nagy really has to do a better job of figuring out a way to get him the ball and making him the, the center point of this offense. And from there, I think he can explode and he's going to make everyone else better because he's such an explosive playmaker.
1: One thing I want to add, and just one thing, and it's very minute, not a big deal at all, Um, And he did a better job uh, his second year compared to his rookie year, but he still has a little bit of that magnet along the sideline where he gets a little bit too close to it at times, and he steps out Mm -hmm. with a lot of yards still in front of him. So for him to have some sharper turns upfield when he's nearing the boundary, again, small thing, very minute, but he does seem to have that weird magnet uh, with his cleats and the white chalk along the sidelines. And again, any time that you step out, and even if you have three to four yards in front of you, those can change a drive. That's the difference of sometimes punting and continuing on. So for me, that's just one small thing that I can definitely see uh, Tree Cohen kind of working on this off season Uh, moving forward. And one word you're going to hear throughout the show and probably all season long, when it comes to the bears backfield, uh, it's going to be crowded. And Nick, I know that you, you tweeted it out. I just wanted to promote your Twitter again, because I know you can't get enough of it. (laughs) Um, But I just want to know, you've been thinking hard as to what the workload's going to be for all the running backs this year, but we'll stick with Cohen here, so just one guy. Uh, What kind of role do you envision for him? A bigger role? A smaller role? The same? Because for me, I have a hard time really seeing it diminish, really, in any regard. So I'm curious, what kind of role do you see him having? So here, I'll put this out there. Tariq Cohen is
2: only on around 46% uh, of the offensive snaps. So, I mean, when you think about it, that should definitely go up for 2019. That's I don't think that's enough for Tariq Cohen. So in in 2019, um, just looking at what he did last year, having the 99 carries, and I think what I'm kind of projecting for him to finish with in terms of uh, rushing attempts, probably if you go up to 115, 120, that's more so where I think uh, Tre Cohen could be more of a factor in, in uh, the rushing game, but receptions wise, I mean, he was uh, tied for first among running backs with 15 receptions in the slot, according to Pro Football Focus. So I still see him being uh, having a big impact in the receiving game because, like I said, he he lines up in the slotter at wide receiver. What is that? About 180, 195 times there. Didn't mental math there. That was tough. Uh, so I think he could definitely uh, just with this offense, probably getting more opportunities this season. You just have to expect Trey Cohen's usage to just go up. 46% is not enough offensive snaps percentage wise, because anytime he's on the field, you have to account for him. So I think we can expect a more Trey Cohen in what year three now especially going back to his first season. We're making progress in the right direction, but we're, we're going to see more Tariq Cohen in 2019 for sure.
1: All right. I have a follow-up, but I'm going to swing it over to Brandon to get his take. Looking at Tariq Cohen last year, 99 rushes, 99 targets as a receiver. Do you think that one-to-one mix kind of holds true, or do you see it shifting one way or another this year, even slightly? Uh, and just to kind of show some uh, perspective on productivity uh, each way. He had 4.5 yards per rush, which is very admirable, um, but he did have 10.2 yards per catch. But again, I know you have to keep defenses honest when he's on the field. So do you see an even split yet again, uh, but just a larger role, or do you see it skewing one way or the other?
0: I see, I see it uh, staying pretty close to that one-to-one. Uh, I have it more towards the receiving end because I think he's a much better uh, playmaker that way. He's just such a good route runner, it's such a mismatch. Uh, Cause he can open guys up like Nick mentioned earlier with the Josh Bellamy play, like guys take into account that he's out there running those certain routes. So I, I see him um, keeping close to that one-to-one ratio, but his role is going to be expanded. He needs to be out there for 56% of the snaps, at least compared to 46%. uh, I think, I think that's a very uh, respectable number for him. That'll increases productivity.
1: All right. Now year one. Tariq Cohen, 140 total offensive touches for 723 yards. Year two, it jumps up to 170 touches for 1,169. So I think you guys know where I'm getting at here. Year three, Tariq Cohen, how many touches, how many yards? Nick? Crap, you need to... Honestly, read those stats. Go go back to what was last year again. How many uh, snaps? And then how? What was the yards? It was 170 touches, not snaps. So touches? Sorry, 1,169 yards. Hmm.
2: I think realistically, especially with this offense, just having more opportunities, it's going to be a lot better. They're going to be out there more. You could expect somewhere in the two two twenty range for Tariq Cohen, I think. And with now having David Montgomery, you don't have to really switch out running backs because here's Jordan Howard coming in. Tariq Cohen's going out. So two twenty. Hmm. Is it so one thousand five hundred, maybe? Uh, that's a very uh just kind of off off the top of my head. But I have no
1: idea. Okay. Nick is uh, failing now at that mental math. My (laughs) math is correctly. That's 50 touches for about 400 yards. So you're looking at, hmm, see, I'm bad at math Here's the math again, yeah. Uh, Four (laughs) yards per touch? I think that's a little low. That is a little low. So 1,700? Okay. Okay, Brandon, how about you?
0: (laughs) I'll I'll do mine since I projected my stats. I'm not going to give you what they are, but I'll give you the total touches and the total yards. Thank you. I figured that would help a little bit more. I've got him at 185 touches. Uh, we can break that down later when we get to the projected stats uh, for about uh, 1,260 total yards. And I I don't necessarily think he'll get to that 200 touches number uh, simply because there's so many other options on this offense. And once the game kind of bounces itself out, like I said, if Matt Nagy makes him the focal point early in the game and they stop him, then it's going other places. And there's a lot of other weapons on this team as well that they can get the ball to. So I don't think I think 200 is a high number for Tariq Cohen, but I've got him at one, 185 for his total touches, about a little over 1,200 total yards.
1: All right. Uh, I think it's actually a perfect time now. Do you have any official stats for Tariq Cohen that you did want to share, Brandon, for your projections?
0: Yeah, I do. I've got him at 110 rushes for 460 yards, and he's got 75 receptions for 800 yards and 12 total touchdowns.
1: Mm, I like. I like. Uh how about you, Nick? Did you have anything else? Or do you try and do some more mental math real quick? Don't need me to like continue to stall, anything else? <laughs> uh, no,
2: I I'm done with the mental math. That's about as
1: much math as I've
2: done in like the past four years since doing like college algebra. So I'm done with math.
1: I understand. Uh, I was just doing concession duty at my son's Little League, and we're selling like Gatorades and, you know, airheads, and it's $2 or 10 cents or 25 And that's <laughs> taken me a long time to really do some of this math, which is partly pathetic, but I'm more of a writer. I don't usually use the math part of my brain. So yeah. it's actually crazy. I warmed up after an hour of it, but it took a while to kind of slow rolling. But so I definitely feel your pain, but I didn't have to do that on the podcast. So I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm next. We're going to look forward to the new bears at the position. But first, I need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets that you're looking for all in one place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So, why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then it rates each on a deal on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, which I love because you can click the seat and then kind of get a projected estimate of what your view is going to look like. And every every purchase, too, throughout SeatGeek is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And as you know, all of us here at the Chicago Audible have the SeatGeek app on our phone, and it's been the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. Uh, In fact, earlier today when I was prepping for their show, I decided to kind of take a glance at those Week 1 Bears Packers tickets because even though we're going to the Bears Chiefs, I have to admit, a part of me really wants to go see that game. And within a a few taps, I was easily able to discover plenty of amazing deals with a bunch having grades of 9 or even higher. So if you want to be part of history as the Bears and the NFL each kick off their 100th season, I highly encourage you to check out SeatGeek for these tickets soon before those amazing deals are taken. And don't forget my hack. You can create your own budget, set the maximum amount that you want to pay, and then sort by deal. That way you know you're getting the best tickets possible. And SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And all you need to do, use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Ross Littlewit. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. We are continuing Countdown to Camp. Today's episode is all about the Bears running backs. Uh, we talked about Ryan All, if you can even consider that a conversation. <laughs> we talked about Tariq Cohen, probably the most electrifying player on this entire Bears roster and now it's time to move on to the three new Bears at the position and let's go ahead and begin with who got here first and that's gonna be Mike Davis Uh, he was one of the first free agent signings of the year for Chicago he is a player that is going to be paid three million dollars this season which is more than the Bears would have had to pay Jordan Howard by the way now, we did speak about Davis and what he brings to the table when the Bears signed him, but it's worth noting again, uh, he did have his best years of pro last season 726 yards on 146 total touches. And yes, that is very identical to Tariq Cohen's 2017 numbers, but don't let that fool you because Davis and Cohen are two entirely different types of running backs. So, guys, let's begin the Mike Davis conversation with a refresher. What kind of back is Davis, a.k.a. What are some of those physical tools that you're expecting him to bring to this offense in training camp and in the regular season? And let's go to Nick first.
2: Yeah, so Mike Davis is just a tough runner. I was just watching some film on him last night. Uh, Specifically, the two games against Arizona, that's where I think he displayed uh, a good majority of what he can be as a runner. Just one that's really tough. Not going to be tripped up by these ankle tackles. Going to see the hole, hit the hole. So it's not like... Uh Davis is trying to do too much. You're not going to really see him have negative yardage because he's taking what defense is giving him. And I think that's what the bears need out of maybe a third running back option. Now someone that can also, you know, just get what he's going to take and also be an option out of the backfield. Something that, you know, Jordan Howard really wasn't. So that's what I see from Mike Davis. Somebody who's going to fall forward, get those yards has, a you know, a little bit when I was watching him, The Jordan Howard as a runner type, I can see that a little bit, but Mike Davis also has some sneaky little moves in there. There's a couple times where he's doing some spin moves, and it's maybe just to gain maybe a half a yard or a full yard, but every yard counts. And there's times where he's he's a bigger back where there's a DB coming off uh, the line of scrimmage unblocked, and he's just jumping sideways horizontally to kind of avoid him. So he brings a little bit of elusiveness to him, but that's what I saw out of Mike Davis as a runner and just as a football player, someone
1: who can do a little bit of everything, but he's not, I would say, great at one thing. Yeah, you said it pretty well. I know that uh, they talked to the Bears uh, running back, Charles London, and he kind of uh, mimicked a lot of that, what you're saying, but primarily about how he's very difficult to bring down, very good at breaking tackles. He's a very tough runner. Uh, Brandon, anything else about Mike Davis uh, that you want to kind of bring up here and what he does bring to Chicago?
0: Uh, Not really. I mean, Nick touched on a lot of things, so I don't want to echo what he said because I do that I think more than I should anyway but uh, <laughs> he he is also a decent receiver he had almost 30 receptions last year so he can be used in multiple ways not just the Jordan Howard ish between the tackles type of runner he he also has some decent hands so I'd be looking forward to see how they utilize him in that way too
1: wow I'm surprised he didn't go this way Brandon uh, it's not really a physical tool so maybe that's why he didn't go here yet Um, but one thing he does bring to the table one thing he does provide this offense is ball security uh, no fumbles mm-hmm. last year, uh, only one in his entire four-year career as well. Uh, so those are numbers that obviously uh, you know perk us up a little bit. Uh, anytime you can have playmakers on offense that are also very secure with the football, good things usually do happen. Uh, Nick, all right, back to you though. Is there anything that you're hoping that Davis can improve on this offseason as he kind of enters? Uh, well, you know, I was going to say Chicago again, but I guess the Bears.
2: You know, it's not that what I want to see Mike Davis improve my I think what you see is what you get out of him as a player, but I don't want to see him because he did say and this was in Brad Biggs article uh, Chicago Tribune writer. He says he expects to see a little bit more production here in Chicago. I don't want to see him maybe take these opportunities and try to do too much with them, right? Because yes, he's getting paid now. But I think what the Bears really want out of him is what they saw in Seattle, someone who's just going to execute the plays right now look to bounce things up how
0: personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors
2: plugging in standard algorithm to
0: calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client robots don't know you we do at farm bureau financial services getting to know you always comes first together we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals Find a local farm bureau advisor at fbfs.com/protect. It's your future. Let's protect it
2: side maybe get negative yards but take what's in front of him so I don't want to see that for Mike Davis now he's with his new team obviously you want to try and impress but play within your abilities that's what I want to see Mike Davis continue to do and I think I think he knows his role I know he said he expects to see more than the 112 carries that he got in Seattle but honestly when I'm looking at how this is going to be distributed I don't know if he gets that just with the two running backs are ahead of him. So I just want to see him stay within himself and not try to do too much when he does get his opportunities.
1: So if I can summarize everything you just said into two words, it would be be you. It would be "be you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brandon, over to you uh, 2019 Mike Davis, what would be in your eyes considered a successful season?
0: So I've actually, I was kind of, I seen Nick's tweet just to promote his Twitter page a little bit more <laughs> uh, where he had the, had the, the GIF of the guy doing the math, I was trying to figure out where all these guys fit in as far as carry-wise go. And I actually have Mike Davis getting more rushes uh, than Tariq Cohen. I think his running style really uh, plays a hand in that, uh, his size, his ability to run between the tackles. I have him for 130 rushes uh, for 475 yards and 20 receptions for 160 yards, five total touchdowns. Uh, that's kind of what I've been projected at. And I think that would you know be a successful season for him as well because he's never seen those type of, of numbers. Like He had 112 carries last year, as you pointed out earlier. Uh, but I, I think that if he can increase the bulk, I'm not sure that he's necessarily going to be that feature back because he's never seen uh, that type of load be put on him. So I'm not sure that he really gets that. But the opportunity is there. If he can get it, then go get it.
2: Uh, but I think...
1: Oops. We may have lost Brandon.
2: I wonder what Brandon...
1: Time? Was thinking. Oh, there he goes.
2: Hi, Brandon. Did I quit? He did. Did I quit? <laughs> oh. <laughs> So you were you left off at saying you were thinking and then we just don't know what you were thinking. Okay, well, I I was thinking that since he's
0: going to be the most experienced uh, veteran running back on the team, uh, that that's going to play a hand for him early on in the year as far as getting more touches and more carries that nature. And then I think if there is going to be a feature back, then it will be David Montgomery, who I assume we're going to talk about next. So I'll, I'll leave it at that.
1: Okay, how about you, Nick, in terms of, you know, Mike Davis and your expectations, I think Brandon's numbers, I don't think they're high per se, but I think they're high for you. Am I right? They are high for me, and
2: the only way I really see Mike Davis maybe – getting to those, the carry numbers is if David Montgomery is not able to transition as well as maybe uh, we were all expecting here, but so I have him around pegged around 85, 90 carries. And if he can replicate the numbers that he actually put up with Seattle last year, that'd be fine with me. I deem that as a successful season. Um, He had a 112 carries 514 yards and a 4.6 average yard carry and then four touchdowns you can reduce the number of carries but still keep that same production I think that's great out of a third running back so um, that's what I'm kind of expecting not as much carries just because I think David Montgomery well you guys know how I feel about David Montgomery so I we'll, we'll get to talk we'll talk to him in a bit but that's where I have him pegged. And that's it, the only way I see him maybe getting more carries, like how Brandon sees him, is if David Montgomery's not able to, you know, just pick up this NFL offense, the style and play um, as quick as, you know, I was thinking he would.
1: All right. So you do see Mike Davis as a running back three. You don't really envision. See, when I'm looking at the Bears' backfield this year, I do see, especially early on this season, a by-committee approach until someone just takes over. Is that accurate to you, Nick, or do you really see them, as long as Montgomery shows the coaches that he's where he should be, kind of having that larger role?
2: Yeah, I I just envision Montgomery being the guy from day one. Uh, He's going to show what he can do. Uh, I mean, look, I, I wrote a whole entire article about him being the perfect RB. I think he's going to take full advantage of right, right when training camp starts. You'll see what he's able to do. It's that really being elusive. And that's what Nagy wants. Someone who's elusive and catch out of the backfield. That is David Montgomery. So I, I just uh, have him pegged as being the day one guy. And we'll see how Matt Nagy kind of fluctuates the running backs um, as the season goes on.
1: All right. Well, Scrolling through my notes, next up is David Montgomery, someone we have not talked about (laughs) at all yet on this podcast. Not that we're excited by any means, Um, but Montgomery, of course, he's not just the final component of that DMC backfield, um, but he also can be the future at the position here in Chicago. The Bears invested heavily in him despite no picks in the first two rounds as they traded up to use their first pick on the Iowa State running back. And now I know we had ourselves a hefty instant reaction show on Montgomery as soon as he was drafted, and we have spoken about him on this podcast since. But, Nick, I want you to go ahead and give our listeners the Spark Notes version of what type of running back Montgomery is in case they are new to the show.
2: Yeah, Spark Notes version. So, this is a guy that is elusive, has great balance after contact, great vision, catching ability, just really what Matt Nagy kind of envisioned as the premier running back in his offense. So that's what you're going to get out of Montgomery. Someone that can really do it all uh, versatile. You can line him up in the slot. If you need to put him out wide, he's capable of running routes, but he's a really good runner. And I think just with this bears offensive line, as opposed to what he had at Iowa state, which wasn't really much, he's just going to have a lot more opportunities to get to that second level and really show that elusiveness. You know, he, he forced the most missed tackles among running backs last season. That's exactly what he's going to bring to the Bears, someone who can create on his own if there's nothing there in front of him. So that's kind of the spark notes version of David Montgomery, and he's just going to be an exciting player to watch for this Bears offense.
1: And I'll say it, Nick, if you want a full version of David Montgomery, head over to our blog, (laughs) scroll down a few pages, and you'll see (laughs) my article, and who knows, maybe I'll tweet it later. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you can you could follow me at Nicholas Morial because we've been
1: talking about my Twitter like the entire day. So there it is. <laughs> Brandon, I'm going to play a game real quick. Uh, you have a five word limit. What excites you the most about David Montgomery? Choose your words carefully. Hmm. That's one.
0: Oh, that's oh, that's three. That's three. You're, all, you're done. <laughs>
1: that's We're done. That's all right. That's what uh, excites Brandon about Montgomery. I'm willing to give you a second chance if you're up for it. And Again, use your words carefully.
0: Yes, because, hmm, uh-oh, I'm done. This isn't exactly the five words I had in mind. I mine. guess you're
1: done again, but I'm going to be nice.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll take a third time. A fourth time. Explosive playmaking slippery feature
1: back. Thank you. Ooh, Much, yeah. Well worth the wait. Well worth the wait in the couple <laughs> of fumbles there. I think you had more than Tariq Cohen had all last season, which was a big number, oh, pretty close. if I remember correctly. Six. It was. All right. I uh, only took four times. And only. Okay, fine. You beat him by two. <laughs> um, but, okay, getting back to some uh, more serious stuff. Uh, Brandon, as we've had some time to kind of reflect on David Montgomery, look at what he did in college, project him over – here to the pros do you have anything that you want to see him either clean up or something that you want to kind of see him uh fortify here in chicago this like ed training camp
0: yeah something i really want to see him uh improve on is his breakaway speed some that's not really like a, a strength for him he gets it into third gear when he gets out there, the the open field, but he really struggles to get into fourth and just take it back to the house. There are guys that will catch up to him, and that's something I think he can really improve on because uh, the NFL speed is a little bit quicker than that in the Big 12 uh, of a weak defense. So I, I think that that's something that he can improve on, and that would definitely help him, but it's not necessarily something that's imperative to him having success in this league because he's going to be able to break tackles, and he's going to be able to uh, create the opportunities like Nick said. The one thing I worry about him is having that little bit of rookie tree cone where he tries to do too much. I could see that being an issue here, and that may be why he doesn't get the start right away instead of being Mike Davis like I was alluding to earlier. Uh, But if he can just, you know, let the game come to him, uh, work on his speed a little bit more, uh, then I think that he'll be set up to have a really good year.
1: What about you, Nick? Anything further on Montgomery that you really want to kind of see him take another step in?
2: Yeah, so I think the big thing, especially for rookie running backs, is being able to block, especially on third down situations. And that is something that Montgomery can really uh, improve upon, um, you know, coming into his first year with the Bears. There are times where he kind of just lowers his head, uh, will lean with the shoulders. So I think that's going to be fundamental for him. So one show that he can be the feature back and just be a capable and reliable running back in, in Matt Nagy's offense. So blocking will be the biggest thing that I want to see Montgomery improve upon from, you know, Iowa state to now with the Chicago bears.
1: Right. A pretty big asset out there in number 10. Uh, so you got to make sure you're protecting him at all costs, which to my, uh, to that point, that could be a reason why you see someone like a Mike Davis earlier on this season. Nick, maybe, correct (laughs) all right all right so moving forward and i'm very curious your thoughts on this and you can take this really any way you want it what kind of numbers does montgomery need to produce as a rookie for you to call it a success and again is it going to be like a thousand total yards is it more is it less or maybe you're looking at uh yards per touch i'm very excited to see how you guys want to take this because again there are multiple ways to kind to uh, establish some value so brandon you're up first
0: so Jordan Howard last year had more than half of the team's carries. So this wild card group, you know, we went from tight end being, you know, the weakest wide receiver being the strongest to what I'm calling the wild card group with these three guys, uh, these three new guys, uh, entry cone. Um, I think that this wild card group is, you know, they got some big shoes to fill because we were used to having that running back get a thousand yards, you know, the first two years and fell just a little bit short last year. So I think Montgomery's going to be that guy that really takes that opportunity I've got him pegged for 200 rushes, 885 yards, hauling 10 receptions for 75 yards with 10 total touchdowns. I think that he, once he gets settled in, lets the game come to him, uh, then he'll be able to succeed. And you know that'll be after the Mike Davis experiment in the first couple weeks. I think the Montgomery is really going to be the guy that really takes over that that uh, running load.
1: <laughs> I would. Well, yeah, that's what he's doing in the backfield. That running load. There goes Brandon thinking out, talking out, thinking loud out again. loud, talking out. Loud. Yes. <laughs> Uh, how about you Nick when it comes to numbers and David Montgomery where do you kind of see it all come into place?
2: Yeah, so I was just kind of looking at, you know, what rookie running backs did last year in terms of attempts because I think that's going to be a big thing with this Bears offense. How many attempts is each guy going to get throughout the season? And just to throw out some examples, Philip Lindsay from Denver Broncos had 192 attempts, Barkley, you know, being a first round pick had 261, uh on Johnson 118, Nick Chubb 192. I think Montgomery um, not gonna have that 250 that Jordan Howard had, but I think I envision him being that feature back that Matt Nagy is just gonna utilize. 225. And I know I said initially, I don't think he's gonna get a thousand yards rushing, but I think he can do it. I really do. Um, I think he can get to that thousand yards in his first season, especially if he's able to pick it up, pick up this offense and the NFL game, like as as I'm envisioning him doing. So 225. Maybe a thousand yards. Um, if you can get eight touchdowns, I think that's look, that's already a great season, but that would show why the Bears moved up. That's why they envision him being the guy that can replace Jordan Howard. So it's like he never left. You're just picking up the running game, and the running game is improving. And you're able to keep Trick Cohen on the same field at the on the field at the same time. So that's where I have David Montgomery. Um, if he can get those numbers, I think that would be great for this Bears offense.
1: Now, as
0: Nick, we... Go ahead. Go ahead, B. I, I got a question for Nick. Uh, how much mental math did you do before the show?
2: Ooh, not, not a lot, apparently, because I'm not being able to project it as fluidly <laughs> as I thought I'd be able to do.
0: Well, I, I, the reason I asked is I was looking at last year's rushing attempts as a team, they had almost 470 attempts. So if, if Montgomery has 225, I didn't hear a number pegged for a treat because we were battling so, mental yeah, math. So, yeah, I do, I do have it all 90-ish. out. Okay. So I, I was have just curious because I didn't...
2: 225, Cohen 110, Davis 80. Then you got to factor in for Trubisky. I think he had around 60, 60-ish last year. I'm at 50, right. and then everyone else, uh, 15. So there were receivers that had it. Keith okay. had a, you know, rushing attempt. Yeah. So and that comes out to 480, which would have been third in the league last season, 2018. So yeah, it's a bunch of attempts. But the Bears finished overall rushing attempts six in the league with uh with, I forget, what, it's somewhere in here the number of uh, rushing attempts that they had so yes, it's a jump we're, but we're pretty really much on think... the same page uh, because I was trying to do
0: the math in my head like, he's got more there, but he's taking some from Mike Davis and I don't know where this all adds up because I forgot about Mitch until about halfway through the show and I was like, <laughs> nuts <laughs> so that's why I was asking, that's all
2: that's why I'm, the the GIF, GIF however you want to pronounce it however you yeah. pronounce it that's why we, I, we really <laughs> don't even know it's probably not going to come close but yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do
1: now, the one thing I'm going to say this for certain here uh, that I like, and we talked about it throughout the show, but I just want to kind of put a fine point on it uh, with the Bears' big three, uh, the DMC. All three of them, what it all boils down to is they know how to make people miss, but in different ways. Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, David Montgomery. Really good at getting additional yards after contact, either fighting through contact, avoiding it with their elusiveness. No matter which kind of way you want to splice it, if you want to kind of boil it down, that's one of their biggest strengths, all three of them, which I think is going to be you know, very dangerous uh, for defenses at least because they're not going to know. Because when you play a game, you can kind of learn some nuances to take a back down, some of their moves. When you have three different guys coming at you, and they can all beat you in different ways, that's going to have them thinking a little bit more. And when you have a defense thinking, again, for the offense, good things usually do happen. But, guys, we do have one more running back to get to real quick, and that's Kareth White, Jr., uh, he was, of course, he was the second running back that we drafted this year at Florida Atlantic. He played behind Devin Singletary, who was drafted one pick after David Montgomery this year. White, he's known for his elite speed, which Matt Nagy said during minicamp definitely stands out on the field. So on top of that speed, are there any other elements of his game that kind of get you the most excited or anything that you know right now that he must work on as he is, of course, still a very raw prospect? B?
0: What what excites me is his production, his statistical production. Granted, Singletary, the running back in front of him who got drafted before him, uh, got the most most fame, the most eyes on him because he was also a really good running back. But White has scored on 14 percent of his touches on offense, uh, 10 touchdowns on a heart on 144 touches. So he knows how to find the end zone and his special teams as contributors. Well, that's another thing that excites me between those two things. But something he can work on in camp, he needs to be a better receiver if he wants to play a bigger role in this offense. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, But there's a couple times where I'm watching tape where he's in the open field and he catches the ball, but then he has to catch it again because he's so worried about making his next move that he doesn't catch the ball first.
2: All right. What about you, Nick? You know, that's an interesting question because with Kareth White, I mean, is he going to make the team is what I'm questioning right now. I know, obviously... Is yeah, if he's going to make it, and obviously he has that elite speed, and I think that's really the focal point why Ryan Pace and the Spares organization looked into drafting him. But this this offense is pretty stacked now. Even are they going to carry another wide receiver? That factors into it. The tight end role. Um, so I think where you're gonna have to really get uh Kerr White to possibly make this roster is it, how, what is what can he contribute on special teams not even just as a runner because I think you ha- you have three guys that are capable of it and you want to see these new you know especially two new guys contribute is there room for kareth white to make a contribution on the offense in year one well obviously first he's going to make it but I think he needs to show his value on special teams before anything
1: no, You bring up some good points, and getting back to him as an offensive player, two things um, in addition I think he needs to work on, and I think this one applies to most running backs, but pass protection. Again, if he wants to see any offensive snaps, he'd really need to prove he can do that at the pro level, something he was very inconsistent with uh down there in the collegiate level and then patience get a little bit more zen uh, there are times where you see him out running plays out running his blocks he needs to learn this, to be a little bit more patient let things kind of set up in front of him and then use this speed to blow by those guys because the bears have a pretty good offensive line who are usually pretty much glue once they get to people and are able to drive defenses backwards so if he can use that get into some open space especially in training camp and prove that he can use that patience as long as well as his vision And that speed, that's a deadly trio right there. So if he wants a shot at making it and getting some offensive snaps, those are some things I'm definitely uh, hoping that he can uh, display some improvement on. All right, guys, but it is time to make it official. Nick, you just kind of alluded to it. How many backs make the team? Who's on the practice squad? Uh, I just want to note, the Bears did begin last season by keeping three backs to start but they did bring up Taekwon Mizell as the season wore on and did move up to four running backs. So it is kind of a fluctuating situation. Maybe they do it again. Maybe they change it up this year. But, Brandon, let's go to you first. And I think you already spoiler alerted this about 45 minutes ago.
0: Yeah, about who's getting cut, that's Ryan Null. Uh, I do have Kareth White making the practice squad. I think it's going to be very tough for him to make the active roster. Uh, there's just so many weapons, and they were so deep at so many positions. It really comes down to who they want to keep at what position. And I think that White is one that you can't really let go just because he's so fast and explosive. And he's a really good uh, kicker-turner as well. So that's something, you know, that, that value uh, that Nick talked about earlier on special teams proving himself. I think he's kind of done that in college. He's just got to translate that to training camp now. Uh, so then I have run DMC uh, is my big three in the backfield, which is different than run DHC who's on defense. Uh, these are three guys. That's just one.
1: <laughs> All right. What about you, Nick?
2: <laughs> yeah, right now I have... Uh Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, David Montgomery making the 53-man roster. And Kara White will put him on the practice squad. I just think that um when you look at it, I when they brought up Tyke uh Myzel last year, I wonder if that was more so because Matt Nagy knew that Jordan Howard, he knew what Jordan Howard was as a player. So you have to supplement that by getting somebody who's can be, you know, quotes, be more productive in the passing game. Granted, Mizell did have a receiving touchdown in that game against Detroit on Thanksgiving, but now Matt Nagy has David Montgomery, some guy uh, Mike Davis that can catch out of the backfield. So I don't know if you necessarily need as many running backs now. So I think the three will make it, and then Harris White will make the practice squad.
1: All right. Uh, For myself, I have White on the active roster, but obviously I would not be surprised if he does get – You know, practice squad. I think if he displays too much speed in this preseason, and we all know how much uh, speed is coveted in the NFL, and he shows teams that he could maybe be uh, an impact on their roster with maybe a more depleted running back core than what we have here in Chicago, he'd be someone that teams would easily snatch up during. Uh, being on a practice squad, so that depends though, because you have a manual Hall. We've talked about Dax Raymond at tight ends as well. It really depends on where these bottom tier, low draft picks, uh, you know, those priority undrafted free agent signings kind of lie. And right now, I see Carath White due to his speed and potential, and the fact that I don't, I think people will want to scoop him up right away. I see him making the active roster uh, for that reason. Again, the fullback, and we haven't talked about this actually for a couple of weeks when we probably should have, um, but that fullback being gone does open up an extra roster spot somewhere. It could go to tight end. It could go to receiver. It can go to running back. So right now, and I'm not gonna going to say that spot's going to Kareth White, but Kareth White, at least for me, I do have making the roster, and I do have Ryan All yet again on the practice squad. All right, guys, time to wrap up the show with a handful of our big-picture questions. And, yes, we are going to start with some over-under because you guys have been loving it each and every week. So to kick things off, over or under 2,000 total rushing yards from the running backs. And just to put it in perspective, the Bears, as the entire team, adding in the receivers, Akeem Hicks, Mitchell Trubisky, had 2,003, but I'm asking from 2,000 yards on the ground just from running backs. Brandon, over or under?
0: just from running backs?
2: Mhm. I'm going to say under.
1: Okay. What about you, Nick?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm actually they may just get 2000. It 2001. Uh but if if, you know, <laughs> Montgomery has to get the 1000, if you project maybe 600 from Cohen, 400 uh from Davis, math there for 401, that's 2001 yards. So, we'll we'll give them over the 2000.
1: All right. Over or under 15 rushing touchdowns from the running backs? 12 last year, uh, just for perspective purposes. And Nick, you're up first. We're going to go
2: over. I think that this running back group, I think the running game in general is going to be a lot better. And Matt Nagy, instead of being, not that his creativeness is a bad thing, because it's definitely a good thing and it helps the Bears. But you could be a little bit more traditional down there with the running backs that you have and just run the ball in and hopefully get some you know, big plays as well. But I think you can get see over 15 touchdowns.
1: Okay, B.
0: I agree. We can go over 15, especially uh, with some spread sets. Uh, we'll get David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen back there, uh, open up a lot more running room up the middle. And once they hit those holes, man, these guys are going to explode through them. And I think they can easily get more than 15.
1: Awesome. All right, two more of these to go. Over or under 1,300 total yards from Tariq Cohen. And just for uh, all intents and purposes, to say it again, last year he had 1,169 yards. Brandon, is he going to get more or less? I think you already gave that number at the top of the show, but I need to make it official.
0: I did, but what was your number?
1: Uh, 1,300 is what we're aiming yeah. for.
0: I've got him under. I've got him at uh, 1,260.
1: Oh, so close, though. Yes. What about you, at Nicholas Moriano? <laughs> uh, I better get some
2: follows after this. Uh, so I do have him over. I think that Tariq Cohen is... Again, he's, he started, we start to see more utilization out of him on the offense, but that's going to go up in 2019. But, Will, we never get to ask you these questions. What do you have him
1: projected? Over under 1,300, huh? Can I push? No, that's such a cop out of this stage. For me, I'm going over. I'm going over. I mean, you saw him go from the 700s to just under 12. Uh, so for him to only go up 150 total yards, I mean, that's easy. That's easy for Tariq Cohen. In this role, this offense this year, I'm definitely going to go over. Uh, 1,300 total yards. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate being included sometimes. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and the last over-under of the week, 150 total touches for Mike Davis. Uh, Last year, 146. So does he have a very similar role one way or another? Brandon, you're up first.
0: Um, Total touches? Total touches. Oh, see, because I actually had him at exactly 150.
1: So you have a plus Adam
0: with 130 rushes and 20 receptions. All right. In my projected stats. So, you know, what? I'll go over. I'll go 151. Okay. twenty
1: one. All right. You talked yourself into it. You're not going to sit and ride the middle right now. What about you, Nick? Is he going to get less because your boy, uh, David Montgomery is going to just eat up that role from week one forward.
2: Oh, absolutely. You're a no. Well, my, uh, so he's going to be <laughs> under, and I had Davis projected what around 80, rushing attempts so i don't know if he's gonna you know make that up in the receiving game so i gonna catches. go under yeah that's <laughs> not, not gonna, gonna happen that. because <laughs> david montgomery's taking
1: over starting week one all right all right i have a couple <laughs> fill in the blanks this week i'm actually excited to see where these go so fill in the blank uh the running back that will lead the group with yards after contact is nick
2: do i do i have to say it? david montgomery b three cohen
1: all right, and the last one. This is the one that I was actually very excited when I thought about this one earlier today. The running back with the first carry of 2019 will be blank, and the back who gets the final carry of the season will be blank. Brandon.
0: First will be Mike Davis, underwhelmingly. <laughs> I was going to uh- say. <laughs> so I
1: just felt all the air go out of all three of our rooms.
0: Yes. Uh,
2: and the last will be Trey Cohen.
1: All right. What about you, Nick? Is it going to be David Montgomery, David Montgomery?
2: <laughs> it's going to be David Montgomery, and then it's going to be Mike Davis. Unless One Maizouk gets a carry. and somehow makes it... I'm I was going to say, I'm he's kidding. on the team? <laughs> uh, well, he's a wide receiver now.
1: And we already so. said no shot last week.
2: Oh, that's right. So he, he somehow made it back in the running back episode. So <laughs> it's going to be
1: Mike Davis. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, each week I ask you, what is your confidence level at the position? Uh, Last week, I think we were all in the nines or higher. Tight ends, we're all kind of in lukewarm water. So, Brandon, when it comes to confidence level of the running backs, you classify them earlier in the show, if I'm quoting you correctly, as a wild card kind of bunch. So what does that do for your confidence as it stands here in the first week of June?
0: with two rookies being drafted, Kareth White and David Montgomery. We know they're explosive, uh, slippery guys. And Mike Davis, who's more between the tackle, but doesn't really have a whole lot. And Tree Cohen, we know what we get. and We think he can do more. Uh, overall, I'm going to put my uh, confidence level in an eight because we know what Tree Cohen can do. Uh, we know Mike Davis is going to be reliable. He doesn't have any fumbles. And we know that David Montgomery is the guy uh, that's, that's going to be able to create opportunities. So, Without really seeing much of these guys in person, I'm putting it at an 8.
1: Interesting. I think you and I pulled what usually Nick and I kind of do on a weekly basis because I have an 8, and underneath it I have know what we have in Cohen, pretty much know what we have in Davis. Rookies are a little bit of a question mark with, of course, Montgomery. Uh, If he pans out correctly, things should be good. So I'm in an 8 as well. Uh, Good stuff there, Brandon, and at Nicholas Moriano, what's your confidence level? (laughs)
2: Uh, we were talking about sliding into my DMS last episodes, continue with the Twitter (laughs)
1: here. Uh, okay.
2: Um, you know, I, I really think that the bears made the right move in getting Montgomery and Mike Davis being a guy that can, like, like I said earlier in the show, just really do things. Uh, he does his job well. And Tariq Cohen is going to see more usage. So I'm really confident in this group. I think Matt Nagy is going to figure out, uh, how to actually use the running game and be consistent with, consistent with it throughout the entire season i have them pegged as a nine right now i'm confident in this group even though um we have two question marks really with davis and montgomery but they're going to show what uh why they were brought here this season and just be you know implementing this offense and make it you know even more dangerous this season
1: all right uh brandon and nick where are you guys right now
0: what do what you mean 100
1: Oh, see, I knew you guys would be confused. I was going to say the correct answer is on the spot, because I'm going to ask you each, what's your bold prediction for the running backs? I haven't done this all countdown the camp. Hmm. Haven't done it since the wild card preview game. So, hell, it's time to do a bold prediction, guys. I <laughs> miss doing them. So, Brandon, what's your bold prediction for the running backs?
0: Oh, and you had to go to me first. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareth White gets four touchdowns this year.
1: All right, I will classify that in the bold category. Maybe like that semi-italic bold, but bold. Well, I've had some
0: very weak ones in the past. So i tried <laughs> to do something a little outside the box.
1: I appreciate it. That's a good one. That's a really good one. What about you, Nick?
2: Got to stick with uh, my love for David Montgomery. He is the offensive rookie of the year this season.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I like
2: it. Yeah, That's bold. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. But there are have been uh, some media guys that have, you know, him possibly being that. And if. He's, you know, what what I expect him to be. Who knows?
1: I mean, he was classified uh, right under Joshua Jacobs as, you know, that second or third best back in the draft. He's on one of the most up-and-coming offenses in the NFL with a great offensive line in front of him. All the chips are on the table for him to take over as long as the carries get divided up in such a way or the touches get Mm -hmm. divided up in such a way. If he gets the opportunities, I think you're right. I mean, the potential's there, but still a bold prediction nevertheless. Uh, my bold prediction actually is about David Montgomery as well. I didn't have, of course, the privilege of thinking about this all day. Um, but for mine, <laughs> David Montgomery is going to score 10 touchdowns in the month of December. Oh, wow. wow. I had him at nine all season. That is a very bold prediction. <laughs> he there. comes on strong at the end of the year. And guess what? If he does that, Nick, yours probably comes true, too. Yeah, for sure.
0: Could we say, like... I guess my second semi-ish bold prediction is that Dave Montgomery gets more touchdowns than Jordan Howard. Cause did you guys see his comment this week? He said, yeah, I'm not getting, yeah. I'll get more opportunities in Philly. And I was like, that's a me comment. And that's why you're not here.
1: Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You, you just put him in his place. Yes. No, <laughs> not Miami. really. We're just sitting here on the <laughs> podcast talking about it. He's getting right. paid millions of dollars to play football. Yep. All right. Uh, last but not least, guys, uh, you know, again, training camp is honestly, I'm not going to say right around the corner, but it's down the block. We're getting close. So <laughs> when it comes to the running backs, I think there's a ton to pay attention to this year, maybe even a little bit more than last year. Last year was more about how will they deploy Howard and Cohen. And now we know what the offense looks like. We know what Tariq Cohen has, uh, but we have a few other running backs that there's a lot of question marks surrounding them, not from a talent perspective, for more of a utilization kind of, you know, area. So Brandon, I'm going to go right back to you. Cause I think you just coughed out a lung. So you're fresh. You have a <laughs> new, I'm good. You have some fresh air in you. So what's going to be a few things uh, in terms of the running backs that you're going to be paying attention to at training camp.
0: I don't know how much stock we should really put into who's getting uh, X amount of carries. Who's getting more, who's getting less. Uh, Cause like Nick said last week, when I tried to make a statement about what we see in training camp where guys line up, he made a good point. We didn't really see much last year, so I don't know how much stock I want to put into who gets, what carries, uh, but really who stands out with the ones because we know, like you said, we know what Tariq Cohen can do, but outside of that, it's a it's an open open market, if you will, for that number one running back spot on the depth chart. So I'll be looking forward to see who makes the splash plays against the
1: ones. Okay, which against that Bears defense, watch out. Nothing. I was uh, hoping someone would sit like, yeah, uh, "Yeah, back me up. Do correct. something." Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I just kind of blanked out. Was staring
1: <laughs> straight, and then I'm sorry. I mean, you're fine, at Nicholas Moriano. You're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, at Nicholas Moriano, I will get to you in a moment. Uh, just I have a few things here. Uh, number one, uh, and again, Brandon, you hit a good point. Like you got to take everything you see at training camp with, you know, probably a handful of salt. Honestly. But does Tariq Cohen, does his usage change? Do they give him some of that veteran day off now? He is in year three here in the offense. Well, year two in the offense, year three in Chicago. Uh, Then, of course, Mike Davis, David Montgomery. Are they splitting time? And like you mentioned, Brandon, I have in my notes, uh, when they are playing against the Ones, and this one's for more Montgomery. How effective can he be? And then when it comes to the actual preseason games, How do they use him? Because I think how often Montgomery is in the preseason may be a good indicator of what kind of role he's going to have from the beginning of the season. If he's playing in that fourth preseason game, for crying out loud, then maybe he's a little bit less along than we would like. And, of course, Kareth White and his speed, uh, both as a running back and a kick returner, punt returner. Does he provide enough electricity as a kick returner right now to maybe overthrow a Cordero Patterson? Uh, to kind of earn himself a spot. That's something we can talk about in the special teams version of Countdown to Camp, but something that I am still kind of thinking about right now. But, Nick, how about you? So what I'm looking forward to in training camp is really the
2: formations that Matt Nagy is going to come up with. I know we don't see probably anything that really happens in the regular season, but we see – Some things. And I want to see who lines up in the backfield on any given play. You have you just mentioned Patterson. He could be a guy there. You have Mike Davis. We're going to see Cohen, Montgomery, all these guys somehow in the field at the same time. That'll be interesting. And then also we there was a lot of um, when Tariq Cohen was drafted in 2017, we saw make these splash plays in training camp. Well, David Montgomery is capable of making those same splash plays and just making people look nasty. I want to watch him and see what he's able to do to some of these really good Bears defenders. They're going to have to be able to, one, have, make fundamental tackles because if you slip up just a bit, Montgomery's going to make you pay. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward. Uh, of course, you'll definitely see tweets about that if Montgomery's making people miss because that's why the Bears really you know, want him to be on this team. And I want to see if he can do that in training camp.
1: Great stuff, guys. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you all enjoyed our running back preview. I know at Nicholas Moriano sure did. (laughs) We'll be back next week with our final offensive preview. It goes by so fast. We're going to dissect the Bears' quarterbacks. And obviously, it's pretty much uh, a long-winded saying we have a whole show about Mitchell Trubisky. But at last, we'll get there in a week. So how can Mitchell take that next step? And how big of a step are we anticipating him actually making? What specific areas of True's game must be elevated? And Will Mitch throw for over 4,000 yards? And we can talk about Tyler Bray and Chase Daniel to kind of wrap things up. But just to kind of get your brain juices of flow in between now and next week. So we're going to be talking about all that and more on next week's Countdown in the Camp. But remember, we will be having a podcast discussing our time at the Bears 100 weekend, which is of course coming up here in just a few days. We hope to see you there. Again, reach out to us if you're going or if you just see us at the event. Definitely feel free to stop by, say hi, and you know talk some Bears football because we really do love meeting all the listeners into the show. It's been one of the most at least for mine, I think Nick and Brandon would agree. One of our favorite parts of doing the show is when uh, we go to events like this or training camp or Campton and meeting listeners of the show, it just really shows, uh, you know, how much the show means to you and uh, how, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's one of those things, guys, that honestly words don't explain the feeling when we actually get to talk to Mm -hmm. people of the show. Things that when we started this podcast as underclassmen uh, in college, never thought it was going to be possible one day. So it's pretty cool. So definitely – it's going to be a fun weekend there in Rosemont, Illinois. So if you're there, definitely give us a shout out. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.